Welcome to the Healing Begins Podcast channel. My name is Pastor Gail Crock. I'm the Executive Director of Spiritual Care. And today I have a guest with me, Jerry Peters. Say hi, Jerry. Good afternoon. And uh, we are going to talk about freedom from addiction to alcohol, which I think is a very, very common thing in the society in which we live. So, Jerry, you want to open us with prayer? Our Heavenly Father, we just thank you uh, that we can go to you, that our strength comes from you, dear Lord. And we just thank you that you didn't give us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and sound mind. And that sound mind is what we receive through you. And we just thank you that this can touch many today, dear Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, Jerry's here today, and he's going to share about his journey with alcohol and how he got free and how the Lord set him free from alcohol, which I think for those of you that might be struggling with drinking, it's nothing like hearing from somebody who's been there, been through it, and is on the other side of it. So, Jerry, how, how young were you, were you when you started drinking? I had my first taste of alcohol when I was 14 years old. The reason being is I had moved from uh, a smaller farm to a different school district in a bigger farm, uh, my family, and I was becoming a new student in a new school district at 14 years old, and uh, being a very shy guy, alcohol seemed to uh, just kind of give me more nerve and uh, not as timid. So, so alcohol became a part of your life. Now, did that increase over the years? Oh, yes, yes. I, uh, my brother was two years older than me, and so I hung out with him and his guys. And uh, when they graduated, I was 16 years old, and at that time I could actually go to different stores and buy, which became uh, very easy for me to uh, obtain alcohol. Uh, started drinking more. Uh, actually got kicked out of school three days before I graduated for drinking. Uh, I did get my diploma and uh, attended Michigan State University. That didn't last very long. I spent a semester there, but I couldn't have as much fun because it was no vehicle and no way to get uh, alcohol. So I transferred back down to uh, Grand Rapids Community College where I could again start purchasing alcohol and drinking uh, which I felt I needed to uh, get through life with. How much kind of were you drinking on a regular basis? Was it daily or was it weekly? Uh, as I got older now, I'm, I'm, when I started out it was like maybe on a weekend, one day out of the weekend. But as I got to be a senior, it got to be where maybe two days out of the week. And uh, as I graduated from high school and before I went into the service, it got to be two or three days a week. Uh, I started to fail classes in college, so I decided I would walk across the street and join the Marine Corps, figuring maybe they could straighten me out. Uh, the only thing I actually think that the Marines did for me was that they taught me how to drink faster and better. <laughs> so drink more, right? Drink more. You know, so it's not funny, but uh, drinking is very common in today's society. People think nothing of it to drink, and many times when people come in here, somebody usually brings them in because they think their husband or they think their friend has an alcohol problem. Correct. Can you relate to that? Oh, yes, I can. I, I would see people in the, in the bar, which was uh, a real family circle for me. I, uh, I had a fantastic wife, and I had a million-dollar family. I had a great wife when I got out of the service. I got married. I had uh, a million dollar son and daughter, which I thought were just the best, 
but I still felt that I needed to uh, continue to drink and so I had this other family that was in the bar and on uh, work days I would go I'd always spend time with my family on weekends but many times I'd spend a lot of time with my other family in the bars after work did you believe you were an alcoholic at that time no because I knew that I could see real alcoholics I felt and I didn't really think I was an alcoholic my dad told me one time that he never seen a person who could continue to drink and drink and get sick and continue to pour it down uh, I think my record was maybe 36 beers uh, in one setting all right so so sure you know the Bible says in, in Ephesians 5:18, do not get drunk with wine which leads to excess but instead be filled with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Share with me, because a lot of guys are out there, they come in the office many times, and they're, they're sitting in the denial river, is what I call it. It's not in Egypt, but it's right here, where they do not believe they have, one guy goes, I, I don't have an alcohol problem. I only drink a six pack of beer a night. <laughs> and I'm like, man, <laughs> then what's the problem, you know? Well, we because you're hanging around with a group of people that, uh, are also drinking you kind of feel comfortable about it and don't really look at yourself as being being an alcoholic you look at yourself as just having a good time and just enjoying some friendly company uh, my wife talked me into going to listen to a young pastor on a Sunday and uh, I went to listen to that young pastor and he said something that really struck me he says you don't clean the person before you bring them to church. You bring them to church and let Jesus do the cleaning. And I thought, wow, that's that's really something. And I didn't think I really had caught on to it very much, but as the days went on and, and as I got closer to the next Sunday, I started feeling intimidated if somebody would see me smoking or drinking because I just thought, boy, I'm starting to be one of them hypocrites that we talk about all the time. You ever run into a pastor when you're smoking and got drinking alcohol <laughs> in your hand? Oh, yes. I had, a, on the way to work one day, uh, I, I was working on a second shift. I had a cigarette in one hand and a beer in the other, getting prepared for my work day. And uh, lo and behold, if it wasn't this young pastor that I uh, had attended his <laughs> church at, getting ready to go by me. And it's quite a confusing thing to figure out how to hide the cigarette and the beer and which one would be the worst for him to see. That's, I think, when I realized that this Jesus was really trying to tell me something. You know, as a pastor myself, I never want people to be different around me than they would normally be anyways, but I think maybe that pastor brought a little bit of conviction to your heart as it relates. It was just the beginning of like your, what was the real turning point for you? What, what helped you see that you had a problem and really needed the Lord's help? Well, I... I continued, even though I was feeling a little bit of, uh, uh, what would you say, the intimidation with the pastor seeing me doing different things, I still continued to drink. I uh, got picked up for uh, drinking and driving and spent my day in jail. And the next week or so, my son, who at that time was probably seven or eight, not sure how old he was at the time, but uh, I heard him over, overheard him saying to his mother, is daddy going to jail again this weekend? And it crushed me. It, it just, it wanted to bring me down to my knees. I didn't realize what kind of an effect I was having on my family. And uh, 
it it didn't take uh, it wasn't a snap to do I I took me a while to slow it down to give it all to God and through God he he actually did the healing I didn't have to go to a dry out center I uh, dried out myself so what you're saying though is that to get free from alcohol was a process it was a it was a hard process and it's really important to know that you have boundaries now a lot of times what people suffer in this is when they do finally give up alcohol all of a sudden they have to change their circle of friends did that happen <laughs> with you oh yes oh yes i uh i remember one certain time i uh i went to my 25th class reunion and uh somebody started really rooting on me about uh not drinking and uh, having a coke in my hand or a water i can't remember which one it was but they really started rooting on me and and actually, in a way, I was kind of proud that I, they could look at me and say that I wasn't drinking a beer because before that, they would have considered that that Jerry Peters had a beer in his hand all the time. And uh, it was it was such a blessing to know that uh, these people can see a change in somebody. You know, First Corinthians ten thirteen says, "There's no temptation that has overtaken you." except what is common to mankind but god is faithful he will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you can bear but when you are tempted he also will provide a way out that you may be able to endure you know this temptation of alcohol is common and if you're out there and you're struggling with drinking jerry and i don't want you to feel condemned because no. jesus doesn't condemn you believe me jerry and i want you to know that we want you to keep coming to the lord until you get your total freedom see a lot of times people say well you know you should just get over it It doesn't work that way many times in spiritual care very 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 few people that I know were suddenly delivered overnight from drinking to not drinking most people that I know Jerry go through a process I uh, I have to say thank you to my wife's grandma who has passed on now my mother-in-law and my wife because they were my support they prayed for me even when I didn't deserve to be prayed for they prayed for me they continue to I've I found a friend in the church better than 40 years ago that had gone through the same situation as I did we've been best of friends ever since and uh, we can look at each other now and say boy thank God when they say the good old days them weren't the good old days these are the now and the future amen amen what would you say to the the person out there struggling with alcohol what are some of the keys you think for them to gain their freedom you first and most is you need to find a family of friends that really you can trust uh, we used to think that the friends in the bar were the ones we could trust but that was that was wrong that that was that was actually a lie coming from Satan where our friends and family are the ones that really care for our health and our life and then when you find them friends hang out with them don't don't feel like you still got to hang out with your old friends because these new friends are bringing you into a better a living and something that you're really gonna get through it you won't get through it if you had the same friends that you have in the bar and I'd like to tell anyone out there struggling to you that don't think that Jesus doesn't love you because he does and don't run from Jesus because you're struggling with addiction yeah. don't run from him run to him you know my uh, grandma taught me a song 
What a friend we have in Jesus. And that is really, really true. So if you're struggling with one minute I'm free, one minute I'm not, one minute I'm free, one minute I'm not, hey, keep running toward Jesus. The Bible say, though a righteous fall seven times, they will rise again. So if you found that you've fallen seven times, don't worry about it. Get back right. up. That's Keep right. on going until you make it, right, Amen. Jerry? Amen. Yeah. It, it, you're going to have that urge. People are going to cross your path. But that's what I'm saying is, is find the people that love you and hang with them because they'll bring you through this trial. It's only a trial. And, and Jesus said that. We'll go through temptations. But he has also gone through them before you. You know, and, and, and if you need a rehab, by all means, go to a oh, rehab. Sure, you know, sure. if you need counseling, find a good place. You know, you can come to spiritual care and go through healing. We are a free service. We do virtual. We do in-person. I'll give some information later on that in the podcast. But don't be afraid to reach out to help for help. What would you say to a, a spouse whose uh, husband is in the midst of drinking? How can that spouse best help their husband or help their friend kind of see that they have a problem or help them get free from that? Well, first and most is you got to continue to love that mate and see what you've seen in him when you married him or her, if it's a, if it's a, the wife. But you need to just comfort them and pray for them and let them know that you know that they can be healed from this situation and, and do a prayer with them. Let them know that you care and you want them. And if you have children, let, the, let them know how important them children are and that they need a good mate. You know, and many uh, moms and dads will have a son and a daughter that struggle mm -hmm. with alcohol too. I mean, who will really be in a struggle. And um, we've had it here where a mom or a dad will bring somebody in because they need help. And I think the biggest thing about getting help to me, this is the biggest thing. You have to want to yes. get help, right? You got to oh, have yes. want. Yes, and you'll you'll feel it in yourself. You you'll see you'll see around you if you have a family member, if you have a daughter, you have a son, you have a wife, whatever it may be. You have a great friend or a mother or father. You got to see how much they love you, and for you to return that love. You need to just join in with them and say, I don't need this alcohol. I can find better things. Trust me, there's a lot better things out there than that stuff. You know, and we haven't, we haven't even gotten into all the scriptures that speak against alcohol, you know, because alcohol is so common today. Everywhere you go, people are drinking, drinking, having a glass mm -hmm. of wine, having a beer or two. You know, uh, no one ever lets me get away with it, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've never, I've never liked alcohol, anyone, anyways. But I tell you, I'd get in trouble if somebody right. saw me with yes. a beer. They would say, yes. "Pastor Gale, yes. I saw him with a beer." Now yes. I don't drink beer, but why is it different for Pastor Gale, but not for the average ordinary person? But I think they put a higher standard on pastors. Exactly. You know? Exactly. We, when we're with our friends, we're not quite as intimidated. But uh, actually, I was very intimidated when I would come across an elder or a pastor. Uh, gee, when you start hiding your beer, it's <laughs> telling you that somebody's trying to tell you something. Uh, when you boldly can say that, oh, that didn't bother me, but you know it really did in your heart, 
that's Jesus telling you that he's, it's time for you to give up on that alcohol. I want to share with you why I don't drink. This is why, not because the Bible says it's wrong, but let me share with you why. Paul said that he would, all things might be permissible but not beneficial, and that he would not be a stumbling block to any man. So, I very well might have the right to have a beer, and I don't believe one beer would send me to no, hell. No, But it would sure damage my testimony around other exactly. people. And, if, and I might become a stumbling block to others. And so I don't want to be that stumbling block. So all of my life, I'm 60 years old, going to be 61. I have never really drank. I've never been drunk. I don't like the smell of alcohol. don't like the taste of alcohol. But I have chosen not to go down that road because I want my witness. The same with smoking. Let me tell you about Jesus and I got a cigarette hanging out of my mouth. That kind of damages my witness. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. But these are real addictions Yes. that people fight with and yes. they feel horrible over them. But I think we want them to know they can be free. Oh, they definitely can. Uh, you know, it's always kind of funny. You felt so great the night you was doing it and the next morning you'd get up and swear that you'd never do it again. But yet... The next night, or maybe two days later, or whatever it was, you was right back at it, even knowing that that sickness was going to come to you. Uh, well, <laughs> and that's the way addiction works. Right. And so, so what the enemy is actually trying to do through the addiction of alcohol or cigarettes or anything, he's really trying to keep you and I from the good future that God has for us. Right. right? Would that's you agree right. with that? Oh, I definitely agree with it. I. So many times I've regretted that I lost the first three or four or five years or whatever it was of my marriage because with a beautiful wife and, and a family, I didn't see that. I, I didn't spend all my time with them where I should have been. You know, Joel, Joel 225a says, I will restore you for all the years the locusts have eaten. I love that scripture because God has a way of going back in redeeming what we think could never be redeemed. And then he has a way of making your misery your ministry. And actually, right. Jerry, in some ways, hey, uh, I, you guys don't know this, but Jerry is one of our prayer partners. And yep. uh, God has made his misery now his ministry, ministry, and he shares his testimony of how he got free from alcohol with others. Jesus told us to, to witness to give your testimonies to people and uh, I really am a firm believer that over the years I've heard some fantastic testimonies that have changed my life. Well I think we should have a prayer today. I think we should pray for people that are addicted and then we, we need to pray for those that have loved ones that are hooked on alcohol. Yes. What do you think? Yes, I definitely think so. You want to lead out and then I'll close? With Our that? Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now and uh, First of all, dear Lord, we thank you that you're a forgiving Father. Yes. And you give us grace and you give us mercy. And for these ones that are uh, struggling, dear Lord, with alcohol right now, maybe they're struggling with a family member uh, because of this alcohol, we just ask that you just touch them. Send somebody across their path today, dear Lord, just to witness to them and tell them that you love them. And dear Lord, for them uh, mates that they may have uh, an alcoholic problem, uh, with a husband or a wife, we just ask right now that you're comforting them and giving them the right words, dear Lord. We ask for the right words to witness to their mate. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for that. 
Lord, we just ask right now through the power of your name that, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would just touch people that are listening right now. Lord, the name of Jesus is higher than alcohol. The name of Jesus is stronger than any addiction. And Lord, for those that are listening today that are bound by the addiction of alcohol, we pray in the name and the power of the blood of Jesus Christ that that addiction would be broken now in the name of Jesus. We also pray that you would send the angels to minister to the heirs of salvation that are struggling with alcohol, that they would minister strength and help in their hour of need. We pray for moms and dads and spouses and brothers and sisters that have loved ones, family, and friends that they are highly concerned about. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would show them how to love that person in their addiction and through their addiction. And, Lord, how to be able to witness to them Mm -hmm. to where they want to be free. We thank you that it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. In the name of Jesus, amen. 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 Hey, I just want to thank you all for joining us on this podcast freedom from addiction to alcohol and i just want to say we want to hear from you my email is gail g-a-l-e at spiritualcareconsultants.com and we invite you to visit our website www.spiritualcareconsultants.com and if you want to support the program you can go on the website hit donation and leave a donation if you would like and then we invite you to visit our our media site www.ssandsamseasoncathealingbegins.com And I just want to end with this thought. We want you to know today there is freedom for you and Christ is the one who can set you free. Don't give up in the battle. Don't quit. Don't keep pressing on. Press on until you get the victory.